Okay, we are live. Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. On today's show, I have a very special guest, a returning guest. His name is Ron Chepesuk. His last name is spelled C-H-E-P-E-S-I-U-K. And he's a very prolific author. He's written many books on uh, true crime books. Highly recommend them. He's been on my show twice. We did a fascinating, really one of my favorite uh, interviews, fascinating discussion about his book, The Real Mr. Big, How a Colombian Refugee Became the United Kingdom's Most Notorious Cocaine Kingpin. That was back in 2021 with Ron and Jesus Ruiz Hanau. So that goes back to Colombia. And then we also did another show on his book, Black Caesar, The Rise and Disappearance of Frank Matthews, Kingpin. Uh, Both really interesting books. Read them both. But today we're going to reference a book he also wrote. Title of that one is about Carlos Lader. Last name is spelled L-E-H-D-E-R. Crazy Charlie, revolutionary or neo-Nazi. And uh, he has some interesting, some very fascinating things have happened with that book as far as a new show that came up called Pair. A-I-S-O, P-A-R-A-I-S-O, Blanco, Pereiso Blanco. But Ron can talk more about that. So, Ron, welcome back to the show. Still there? Ron, um, anyway, Ron seems to have dropped off. So he's, let me do some of the other books that he's done, that Ron has done. Superfly, The True Untold Story of Frank Lucas, American Gangster, Drug Lords, The Rise and Fall of the Cali Cartel, Sergeant Smack, The Legendary Lives and Times of Ike Atkinson. Uh, Traficantes, Godfathers from Tampa, Florida, The Mafia, The CIA, and JFK Assassination, and Gangsters of Harlem, The Gritty Underworld of New York City's Most Famous Neighborhood. I'll put links to our old shows back um, onto this show so people can just kind of click through. But Ron, are you there? Yes, sir. Okay, cool. So for people who may not have heard our earlier shows, do you mind just kind of talking about your interest in Columbia and then writing this book, Crazy Charlie, and what it led to? Yeah, um, I was a freelance writer. Uh, 1987, I got invited on a press trip to Colombia. Uh, at that time, uh, there was a big war going on between Escobar and the Colombian government, uh, and uh, it spawned the term narco-terrorism. Uh, and, um, but they thought they could have a, a tourist trade. So I was invited to come to Colombia by Avianca Airlines. And so I was on this press trip with about uh, uh, some other writers and uh, went out on the country. And uh, on my last day, um, I got bumped off the, the, the plane for some reason. Uh, I missed the plane and I met uh, the woman that would become my wife. <laughs> and okay. um, I started a relationship with her long distance. And uh, I was getting assignments because Columbia was very hot at the time in the press uh, because of uh, all the, uh, uh, the drug trafficking that was going on. And um, so uh, I, I kept going back and uh, eventually got married. And uh, then I got, I was a university professor at the time. I got sabbatical uh, and I spent a year in, in Colombia and, and I started to research my book on the Cali cartel, um, which uh, became drug lords. And uh, it's a definitive study of the Cali cartel, which I think is the most, most powerful uh, uh, organized crime uh, uh, syndicate uh, in history. And, uh, and uh, from there it led to, uh, to other books and then to Carlos later. Uh, about about five or six years ago, uh, I, I had been collecting stuff on him, and um, and uh, I, I finished a book, and I needed to do another one because I like to keep busy, and so I, I decided to do the um, uh, the biography of uh, Carlos later. I met uh, a gentleman named Carlos Toro, 
who was a boyhood friend of, of uh, Later's. And uh, he was on my, my radio show, uh, Crime Beat with Ron Chefsick. And uh, uh, he served uh, as, as a good source for the book. And uh, I, um, I uh, published it and uh, didn't think too much about it. And then one day in um, uh, last, uh, early last year, um, I got an email uh, from um, a, a vice president at um, Caracol TV, which is a big production company in uh, in Colombia, asking me about my, my Carl's Later book and uh, if uh, if the rights were available. And I said, sure, let's talk about it. So we talked about it and uh, they're really interested because they were doing a series on Carlos Later, which uh, turned into this series here, Pariso Blanco. And uh, before I knew it, I signed a contract and uh, it worked out really well. I went to Colombia a couple of times. I was on the set. I met uh, uh, Sebastian Osario, the, uh, the lead actor that was playing Carlos uh, Later. He did a tremendous job. And uh, and uh, they did the 30, 30 uh, episodes uh, to the series. And then uh, it was released last July, July 20th. And uh, so here I am. I'm on your show talking about wow. it. That's amazing. So it's it's been a long arc. So you wrote the book back in the 90s or something, right? No, I wrote the book about maybe about five, six years ago. Oh, it's been five, six years. And times. yeah, it was just, uh, you know, just a filler. I was I was looking for... Uh, for something really, uh, really interesting. And so I, I had material. So I said, okay, I'll do it. And, uh, and uh, I did it and uh, uh, never thought it would turn into a you know, TV show, but it did. Right. And people can watch that. It's on VIX, right? I think right. It's, it's on yeah, VIX, it's... which is the uh, biggest uh, Spanish language uh, streaming service in the world. And I've got it here uh, on my, on my uh, uh, local cable uh, network. On that, and I've watched it. Uh, they released the first 15 episodes. It sounds misleading because um, they, they say that, uh, you know, it, it seems like that's the series, but it's not because there's still 15 more episodes to go. And they only cover one half of later story in the first 15 episodes. So there's going to be a second season down the road. Gotcha. Cool. Well, I'm looking forward to that. People can watch it subtitles in English so people can uh, access it. So it was really mostly shot in Colombia. Is that correct? Yeah. Well, it was shot actually. It was shot in um, in New York, Colombia, um, in the in Central. Uh, I think it was the Dominican Republic, and and Colombia. Yeah, it was shot in in, in various places um, uh, uh, on, on location on that. So. Uh, it was it was uh, a well done, well organized, a really efficient operation, and I have nothing but good to say about Caracol because they treated me well, paid me right on time. I didn't have to ha I didn't have to wait or anything, That's and uh, and the uh, series uh, you know went out. I was on the set. Um, I, I watched uh, episode ten. I met uh, I met uh, Sebastian Osario, the, uh, the 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 lead actor that was playing uh, Kyle Slater, and we discussed the character for about an hour. And uh, he he told me he told me what he thought of him, and I told him what I thought of him, and uh, and uh, uh, I don't know if he took what I told him about later or not, but um, yeah, it was interesting. Right. So that's Osario there. I think he's on here. But um, I mean, you titled the title of your book "Crazy Charlie" for people who don't know who Carlos later was. Who was he, and why is he important to the drug trade and the Cali cartel? Well, Carlos later is, is very interesting. He was um founding member of the Medellin cartel, which is the cartel that is commonly associated with Pablo Escobar. 
uh, the notorious uh, greatest uh, gangster of all time uh, in Colombia. And uh, he was the he was the um, the the uh, drug trafficker that devised the transportation system, which revolutionized the way drugs are transported from um, from Colombia, way, way cocaine was transported uh, before before later showed up on the scene. Uh, it was pretty, uh, pretty small time. It was usually uh, mules that were that were, you know, carried the carried the drugs on the plane uh, or swallowed it or whatever. But it was very small and piecemeal. But he he devised a system. Uh, where he used able to use uh, planes <clears throat> that flew uh, to the Bahamas and and refueled and uh, and then flew on to the United States uh, to distribute their drugs and uh, it it changed everything it uh, you know if you were around in the, in the late 70s you noticed that there was a big a surge of cocaine um, that um, uh, happened and uh, it, there was a big ep epidemic. Uh, on college campuses and all that, and that was essentially later's, later's doing. You know his his uh, transportation system, which enabled uh, to 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 mass distribute the drugs here in the United States, and uh, he made a fortune. He he became a billionaire. Uh, they they said that at one time that uh, one out of five uh, kilos that were distributed in the United States, he would get. He would get wow. paid with one out of five, and uh, if if you can imagine how. How much money that must have been because of how much co cocaine was being transported to the United States. Right. And at that time, people may take it for granted because cocaine is maybe a familiar thing. But before the 70s, it wasn't really in the culture. So, no, was right cocaine was the champagne of drugs. You know, it was a, a, a drug of the elite, you know, jazz musicians, uh, entertainers and all that sort of thing. But the later sort of democratized uh, the distribution of cocaine and uh, made it available for every man and brought the price of the drug down because he was he was he was mass mass distributing it and uh and uh you know the rest is history yeah it's incredible he's almost kind of like a bond villain he had his literally his own island that was outfitted and yeah. parties there right was yeah he had the uh norman's cave norman's cave was the island it was situated in the bahamas it was about 210 miles from the u.s and uh, he uh, uh, there was about 100 people living on that island. It was very de desolate, but uh, he, he thought it would be a good point uh, to, uh, to uh, land planes, which could go on to the United States. And so he cleared the island of the people. He scared them off, and uh, he paved uh, runways uh, on the island and uh, set up shop and uh, bribed the government, bribed the Bahamian government. Uh, 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 Lyndon Pidling was the prime minister. He was corrupt. Um, and um, the, the U.S. was trying to get later kicked out of uh, uh, out of the Bahamas, but uh, uh, the, he was entrenched largely because of the of the um, of the uh, corruption that that uh, entailed. Wow! Yeah, so he's uh, like near Nassau, Freetown. Yeah, literally out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, but oh, you know these planes would come in from from Colombia carrying their drugs. They'd refuel and then they'd fly on to the United States, and at that time. You know, there was no terrorism. You know, there wasn't no uh, 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 Al Qaeda or anything like that. So the the uh, uh, defenses were pretty lax, and so you could fly a plane in, you know, under the radar and fly into one of these uh, empty fields or uh, abandoned airports in uh, Georgia or um, or uh, or South Carolina or Florida, and uh, from there there would be the uh, uh, trucks would come. 
and they would reload the uh, the drugs onto the trucks, and then they distribute them all over the United States, and they got they got away with it. And he kind of had an early relationship with some guy people know. I think later met him in jail. This guy Young. Yeah, um, yeah. George played an instrumental part. Um, I, I've interviewed uh, George a couple of times. Uh, he's dead now. He died uh, not, a little while ago. But uh, uh, he's the one that gave the idea to later to use uh, planes uh, because he was distributing um, before he got arrested and put in jail in Danbury. Uh, he was distributing uh, marijuana in California and he was using planes. And so uh, later said, well, if you're going to use it for marijuana, which was big and bulky, why not use it for cocaine, which was much more, much more profitable. And so he took his idea and uh, he worked with later for a while and eventually, or um, Jung for a while. And then he eventually cut him out of the business. Yeah. Jung was very angry and actually is featured. Johnny Depp played him in the movie Blow. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it is yeah. an interesting. And then the movie Blow. And eventually he testified against later, right? Young was. Yeah, uh, he, he did. He, he, helped, he helped put later in, uh, in jail. Um, um, but uh, eventually uh, the U.S. government was successful and they put enough pressure on the Bahamian government that uh, later was forced to leave uh, the, uh, the Bahamas in well, 1982. And he went back to, uh, to Colombia where he set up shop in um, Armenia. In, uh, in the in the province of Armenia in in, in Colombia, and uh, he he had he had delusions of uh, of being president of uh, Colombia. He had political aspirations, and he set up this party, uh, the the Latin um, uh, movement. And um, essentially, it was a, a party that that uh, uh, sole purpose was to stop uh, extradition, because that's what the drug traffickers feared was extradition to the United States. You know, they could get away with. Um, um, uh, drug trafficking in Colombia. Even if they went to jail, they could probably, uh, you know, bribe their way out, or whatever. But if they went to the United States, it was a it was a, a death sentence, really, on that. So th this party he set up and um, it operated for a little while. Everything was okay until they they killed um, uh, the justice minister, and that triggered the the Colombian government to get really tough on um, on um, the. Uh, uh, Colombian drug traffickers, and they fled the country, later fled with Escobar and some of the other Medellin cartel members. Uh, they fled to Panama, uh, where they stayed for a while, and then they got afraid that uh, that Noriega, General Noriega, who was running Panama at the time, was, was going to turn him in to the Colombian or to the uh, U.S. authorities. So they left there, and they went to um, Nicaragua, where they operated a little while under the Sandinistas, and then they came back when everything cooled down. They came back to uh, to uh, to Colombia and uh, continued uh, operating. By then, later's power had diminished, and uh, he had essentially, uh, uh, you know, was almost was was uh, was really uh, ignored, really, as part of the uh, drug trafficking operation on that. And uh, later made him a, or Escobar made him um, a bodyguard. And so he, he he went back to work for uh, for um, uh, Escobar, but he's he had a cocaine habit, a drug habit, and uh, he was a little bit crazy. That's why that's why he was nicknamed Crazy Charlie because he was really unpredictable. And uh, the uh, uh, Medi Cartel under Escobar uh, came to consider uh, later an embarrassment because he was doing all kinds of weird things. He he held a 
a press conference in, in the Amazon where he ranted and railed about uh, uh, the Holocaust, uh, about uh, destroying the United States with cocaine and all this. And it made national news. I, I interviewed the, the, the woman that did the interview on that. She said it was, uh, it was, it was quite amazing. But uh, he was, he was um, uh, coked up at the, at the time. And uh, he sounded like a madman. And uh, it sort of caused embarrassment to the Midian cartel. And um, soon after, um, later was arrested. And uh, the, the, the suspicion was that uh, Escobar set him up. He's the one that turned him in. It's never been proven, but I, I tend to believe it myself uh, because he was such an embarrassment to the Manning cartel and bringing so much attention to to it that, that they decided to get rid of him. So he was um, uh, at a party in, in the uh, jungle and uh, he was arrested and within five hours was put on a plane and he was extradited to the United States, becoming the first big time Colombian drug trafficker to be tried in the United States. Right. And he was um, he was strangely like a neo-Nazi, too. He's half. German, yeah. Yeah. Right? He had uh, he had, uh, you know, uh, views of uh, his father. His father, uh, Wilhelm, was a German uh, and later was a, a Colombian German. And uh, he eventually held uh, a dual citizenship, uh, German and, and Colombian. But his father came from uh, from uh, Germany in 1928. And uh, was was a pretty prominent engineer. He helped build the uh, the, the highway system within, within Colombia. But he was also uh, a, a rabid uh, right wing, probably neo neo Nazi. And he would have meetings at the um, at the, this uh, uh, hotel or hostel that that he owned. And uh, during the war, this is the Second World War, the uh, U.S. Embassy uh, uh, was very suspicious of uh, Wilhelm. And uh, they monitored him because they thought he was connected to uh, to uh, to Adolf Hitler, and that uh, he was somehow working for him on that. And nothing ever came out of that. But um, uh, I think he had a profound influence on uh, on Carlos later because later uh, really um, uh, disliked Jews, uh, and you know he he denied the Holocaust, which is of course absurd. And uh, and uh, he came to dislike the United States very much. I think he came, when he came to the United States, when his mother uh, separated from, from uh, her husband, Wilhelm, uh, when uh, later was 15, they came to the United States and, um, and uh, he had high aspirations uh, when he came to the United States, but uh, it didn't work out. I think he held that against the United States and he, he came to have a, a virulent hatred of the United States. He was even reportedly... Uh, putting the swastika on all of his kilo bags <laughs> that oh, were being wow. sent to the United States. I, re I think he commissioned like a, a bust of Hitler or a statue or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. he had a, a bust of uh, John Lennon, oh, you know, with a bullet it. hole in it. <laughs> wow. He was a big fan. He was a big fan of uh, of John Lennon, and uh, he, uh, he 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 built. He had this uh, statue sculpture, you know, in in. Um, uh, in his yard, and uh, it was a uh, John Lennon with a bullet hole in him. Wow, that's crazy! And so later, also he had like so he had a difficult relationship with Escobar, right? And so I think he thought my understanding is he thought it was Escobar who rat him out, right? Isn't that what yeah, you're yeah, yeah? He yeah he uh, he's never really talked about it publicly, but I think that uh, that he he had the same suspicion on that and. Uh, 
so you know when later came to uh came to uh the united states he was he was um uh, incarcerated in jacksonville florida and he was the first big time um uh, trafficker to be extradited to the united states and his trial was a real big sensation it, you know it, it it uh it uh you know attracted a lot of attention there there, there was all kinds of guards because they thought that uh, that someone was going to try to spring uh, later from from jail which um you know didn't happen and uh he got like life in prison plus 155 years <laughs> so you know he, he was never going to get out he ended up testifying against Noriega when Noriega was kidnapped out of Panama uh, in '89. They, they, uh, he was tried in '92, and um, and uh, 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 later worked out an agreement with the government. And he thought he got screwed on the deal because uh, um, he thought he was going to get his sentence reduced to uh, life plus 30 years, which w- which made him uh, eligible for parole within a relatively reasonable period of time but he got 55 years which meant that it didn't matter you know he was still going to serve the same amount of time so he thought he that he got he got screwed by the government and he ranted he threatened he uh he sent a uh, uh, a letter to the judge uh that that had tried that had um uh, ruled over his case and they they took that to be a threat so he was picked up uh, out of jail where he was he was being stationed in Arizona about 95 and whisked away and he disappeared into the uh, uh, WITSEC program which is the uh, 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 program for um, for uh, people that informants within the within the um, prison system and uh, they're kept separate and all that and uh, their identity is hidden and all that and uh, he disappeared for a long time and there was all kinds of rumors circulating uh, one of the rumors was he was working for the CIA, and uh, I got I got um, um, uh, contacted by by writers that uh, you know wanted me to t- comment on it, and uh, it was kind of crazy. And um, and uh, so, uh, then he showed up in 2006, suing the government, you know, mm-hmm. claiming that, that they reneged on their deal to get, to have him sent to Germany. And uh, so time went on. About 2016, uh, uh, he appeared in the news again, and then. About 2020, uh, he uh, <laughs> was on a plane. You know, he he just 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 uh, released from jail, put on a plane, and uh, he uh, ended up in uh, in Germany. He was deported to Germany, where he had uh, dual citizenship, Colombian and um, and uh, uh, German citizenship, and uh, that's where he is right now. He's reportedly uh, uh, sick. Um, I tried to contact him. Um, I had done a screenplay, um, on him and, uh, and then I sent him a copy of the, uh, or my, my manager sent him a copy of the book, uh, and, uh, to his lawyer in, in Miami and his lawyer said he'd pass it on to Carlos, but I never heard anything more about him. Uh, I didn't hear anything from him about it. Right. He's 74 now. So, you know, he's, he's... yeah, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He was born at what? Four, 49. Yeah, forty nine. But it's yeah. also interesting. Like he had billions of dollars. Like, did anybody trace his money or? Well, you know, they, they say because I've 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 dealt with uh, uh, Jesus. You mentioned Jesus. You know, who's the first billion dollar, and he didn't have any money because um, uh, the government usually gets all of it. Okay. And uh, uh, I don't know about later though. Um, you know, he was pretty smart. Uh, he was reportedly worth a couple of billion dollars. 
at one time. Uh, I don't think he's worth that now, but uh, uh, usually, usually the government gets everything. You know, they, they uh, sort of intimidate your lawyers, the lawyers of the drug traffickers, and the lawyers usually handle the money, uh, you know, in the offshore banks like the Cayman Islands. And um, uh, they intimidate them and get them to uh, reveal the bank accounts and all that. So they usually get all the money on that. Uh, Ike Atkinson was another one that um, I did a book on, and he, he never had any money either. He's his lawyers, uh, uh, you know, turned over all the bank accounts that he had on that. But uh, uh, later's living in, in, uh, in Germany. He's, uh, he showed up on an incredible a broadcast in Colombia uh, earlier this year. There was this woman who claimed that she had done a, bi a biography of later, and she had his, his uh, cooperation. And so she was on this Colombian um, podcast, and the, the host said, uh, just a second here, uh, we, got, we got Mr. Later on here. <laughs> and Later wow. came on and uh, ranted and, and, uh, and uh, raved about, uh, you know, she was lying. You know, he had never done a book with her, all that sort of stuff, and that he was going to sue her and all that. And uh, uh, her book sort of disappeared after that. But he, he revealed on that uh on that show that uh, he was uh, he was working on a, on a documentary on his life. And uh, he couldn't see, he said he couldn't say anymore, but it was supposed to be coming out at the end of this year. Interesting. Yeah. And I mean, he, he was kind of like almost like an Epstein Island type thing. I don't know if they were blackmailing people, but it was like people would go there and party and do. Oh yeah. He was, he was debauched. I mean, uh, he had orgies like on, on the Island, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the island that served as his uh, uh, distribution point for drugs. Uh, he had uh, uh, German, these German women as bodyguards and they would show up um, when, when guests flew in, they'd show up naked <laughs> to the guests, wow. you know, that sort of stuff. And he had a lot of young girls and all that, um, that, uh, that showed up, he brought in and uh, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of drugs and uh, yeah, it was, it was very, uh, very uh, hedonistic. Yeah, really remarkable. And so that's it. But he kind of like he also had relationships with distributors all throughout the U.S. too. So it wasn't just the producers back in Colombia, right? He no, was, no. I mean, he, no, he had a distribution system um, uh, in, in the United States. You know, he had people that, that handled the drugs. There were gangs, uh, you know, uh, and, and uh, drug traffickers that, uh, that, that bought the drugs off of him. And uh, you got you got to remember that uh, drug trafficking is a it's a huge business. It's a it's a it's a multinational business, and it takes yeah. a lot of brains to run a to run a, crime, a drug trafficking syndicate. I mean, you figure how many people are involved. Um, you know, uh, look at the um, uh, my friend uh, Jesus, uh, the uh, Colombian drug trafficker in Great Britain. He had twenty thousand people working for him in Colombia. Wow. You know, he was that he was sending money to. You know, you can only send 500 pounds at a time, but he was, he was sending it to them because you, know, you can imagine how much um, work is involved, you know, handling all that, right? That's yeah, a huge uh, international business, billions yeah, and billions. Yeah, it is. Billions it's, billions an, it's, a, it's a multinational business. You know, it's a huge business. Escobar, too. I mean, he's, he was very bright the way he handled his organization. Um, and, and yeah, so uh, uh, it's, it's, quite, it's quite remarkable. Uh, yeah. Later, later was remarkable. He had fifty. I think he had fifty employees on the on the island. 
on Norman's Island and just replaceable planes. Like they get busted, one plane would be taken away and they just replace it with another one. Like it was. Yeah. Yeah. He had, all, he had all kinds of money. And like I said, they, they flew in, he hired these pilots um, and um, uh, they, they flew, they flew, the, you know, they, they flew the pilot, the planes into, uh, into the, the Norman's K. Uh, they refueled um, and fixed the planes, make sure that they could, they could fly on. And then they take, make the rest of the journey about 210 miles, which is not very far. Uh, for a plane and uh, and landed in in uh, these fields in uh, in Florida, Georgia, and uh, South Carolina. Yeah, it's incredible. Really, is an incredible story. Like he was really the first. He was kind of bigger before Escobar. Is my I think he was the pioneer, right? They called him the Henry. Yeah, Ford yeah. He was he was he was he was about the same time as uh, Escobar, but Sorry. he really made the, the Midian cartel into a big conglomerate that it became. Because of the way he distributed drugs, I mean, you know, it was, it was, it was pretty small time. I mean, they were making a lot of money, but I mean, compared to what they eventually made, you know, it was nothing. I mean, they had tons. There's pictures of those two together somewhere, of later and, and yeah, uh, yeah, Escobar and Escobar and his wife and kid, all that stuff. Yeah, I yeah, mean, he was. Interesting. It's interesting, you know. Uh, you, you, you've seen the show Nar Narcos, right? Yes, yes, I have. Yes. Yeah, well, you know, he shows up in that, and I don't think they gave him justice. I mean, he shows up on that, and he just he disappears. You know, uh, they, they don't really treat him as, um, as as the the important person that he was in the Medellin cartel. On that, yeah, it's, it was all Escobar focused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, right. Seemed like it. I mean, the, the guy who played Escobar was really brilliant in that show, but uh, I'll have yeah, to I thought he did a good. I thought he did a good job. Yeah, I mean, so this this is going to be thirty episodes. There's fifteen that dropped in July, and this kind of just traces his whole life, right? Like, yeah, um, it, 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 this this carries on um, until um, uh, he's the U.S. government is really to put pressure on the um, Bahamian government to get rid of um, Escobar. He's well, he's about ready to go back to um, to Colombia, and uh, like I described earlier, and uh, the interesting thing is they deviate a little bit from the book. Um, they, they don't really deal with his political aspect, you know, his his racism. They make him sort of a, a likable character, a roguish sort of character, uh, uh, a Lothario. You know, he he loves the woman. Uh, he has several women and all that sort of stuff. So I don't know how they're gonna treat uh, the, the the next fifteen episodes when he's back in Colombia. You know. Right. Right. No, it's uh it's a fast later is a fascinating story. And you mentioned like he kind of disappeared into the American penal system. Like people thought he got out or escaped. They didn't yeah, really know. Yeah, right. He was uh he, like he he became sort of a legend yeah. and uh, nobody knew what happened to him. And I, I told him I, I found out that uh, he was still in the system. I I talked to the prosecutor that put him in jail and I interviewed him and he told me that uh that he was still in jail, all that, and that uh that uh, actually, um, he um, he had an altercation in prison and had been beaten up. That that's the last thing I heard of him uh, from the prosecutor, and he said that uh, that's the last thing he heard of him himself. Wow, it's it's amazing that he actually made it all the way, did all that drugs, made all that money, and still is out out of jail. Like he finally got out. Yeah, well, yeah, and I I think it was a humanitarian gesture. They never really explained why they let him go. Uh, hmm. but, uh, he was sick. He was supposedly in bad health 
And uh, I guess they just said, well, well, let's let him go and send him back to Germany. He's not going to harm us. Yeah, it's interesting. Germany was willing to take him, you know, which is interesting. That's also interesting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he was kind of, he was from, he had other brothers and sisters too, right? He was considered. Yeah, he had his brothers and sisters. He came to the United States and uh, uh, actually uh, he, he was uh, in cars before he got into drugs. He was, um, he was stealing cars and sending them to, um, to Columbia. And his brother was on the other end, you know, receiving the cars. So he worked with his brother, uh, you know, in, in, um, in uh, some criminal business. So he just graduated into uh, uh, cocaine kingpin, like one of the yeah, yeah. most incredible drug dealers. Yeah. And, you know, he has a daughter, uh, Monica, which uh, uh, lobbied for his release and all that. But uh, really interesting in that radio show, he said he didn't have anything to do with her. He didn't have anything to do with her, <laughs> mm. to do with her which is kind of kind of weird. And in, 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 the, uh, in, the, in the series, the uh, opening scene, uh, Later's in Jail. And uh, a guard comes up and says, uh, later, come on with us. Uh, you're getting out. And you look on his lap. There's my book. Wow. Cool. <laughs> he's, That's I, awesome. He's, he has a book there. He has like a book there. And so anyways, uh, he, he comes out, which is the second scene. And then he's, uh, then he's on the plane with, I guess it must be his daughter because young, he's a young woman. And he's an older man now. And uh, he's on the plane and he's sitting there. And you look on his lap. And there's my book again. <laughs> nice so they put it in there as a yeah which is, which is kind of nice you know yeah that's cool man yeah so people can see that on vix right if you're watching yeah. this on, on vix Octane, right on, VIX. on that I've, I've got it here on my channel i've watched it a couple of times and uh it's it's, it's quite good i thought it was really good and they've got some really prominent um um uh latina actresses too that are that are really good um but it's it's uh it, it's doing well you know the, the series is doing well it's being well received from what i understand i've talked with caracol about it and they say that they're, they're happy with with the way it's been going Do it. good that's good i'm glad yeah. to hear that and uh you you also have a podcast too right ron yeah i've got a, a podcast it's called crime beat with ron chepsick you go to the artist um and then look up the crime beat uh, on thursdays at 8, 8 p.m I've had all kinds of uh, guests on there. So it's based on crime. We've had over 630 shows wow. since uh, the show started in 2011. And um, uh, you can go listen to it on, on, on the, uh, on the internet. Gotcha. On Ron Chep. It's last name again is C H E P E S I U K. Right. And all your books too are available through a website or on yeah, yeah, Amazon. Amazon. You go to Amazon um, and, um, it's probably the best place to uh to uh to check them out and um and my, my latest book of course is bad henry that just came out in uh in july oh cool what's that bad henry about it's uh about a serial killer in charlotte uh named henry lewis wallace uh, a black serial killer that that murdered uh, 10 women uh, before he was caught and this happened between 1992 and 1994 and it's uh the biggest uh, uh murder trial in uh, North Carolina history. Oh, wow. So is that also a, did they also have the Taco Bell Strangler? Is that it? Yeah. Yeah. That's the, the subtitle is uh, uh, the murderous rampage of the Taco Bell Strangler. There he is right there. Wow. And he, he, uh, he got the nickname of Taco Bell Strangler because he worked in fast food restaurants uh, where he met a lot of these women 
and I've, I've not got to look into that story. I'm not familiar with that at all. I don't know that one. Yeah, it seems it's, like it's I should. Pretty, it's a pretty brutal story. It's a, a really interesting um, uh, a case, but they, they finally got it. He and he's been on death row for 27 years. Oh wow! So you when know? did it? When did the murders take place? Uh, they went between um, 1992 and 1994. Uh, they went from about yeah about March to March. Uh, 1992, 1994, and then uh, he was uh, tried. Took a couple of years, but uh, 97 he was convicted. He was sentenced to death, and it looked like uh, you know he went through all the appeals that you normally do uh, uh, when you're on death row, and uh, it looked like you know he should have been executed. But then um, uh, the uh, what I understand the uh, North Carolina uh, governor put a moratorium on um, on, on um, uh, uh, carrying out death sentences, oh, and uh, he's been on death row ever since. This is about night two thousand and five, so he's been on there, and nobody seems to know why he hasn't been executed. But uh, he's he's still um, still alive. Wow, I'll have to look into that story. And where's the best place for people to reach out to you if they want to follow up with you or ask questions or anything? You're on social media. Yeah, they can try. They can try me on um, try me on Facebook. I'm very active on uh, Facebook. I don't tweet or Instagram, uh, but uh, you can check me on uh, on Facebook. Uh, friend me. Mention that you um, listen to the show because I get a lot of uh, requests, and um, uh, unless they're specifically stating that that they know me from somewhere, I, I don't really pay attention to them. Right. So you you want. If they listen to this show, just let them know you yeah, listen to yeah. William Ramsey. But yeah, thanks so much for your time and congratulations on the new program. Yeah, Perry, well, thank you very much. Blanco. Yeah, and again, thank the book much, we also... I really appreciate. It. I love your show. Oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for yeah. coming back on again. The book, if people want to read about it, on Carlos Slater is Crazy Charlie, Revolutionary or Neo Nazi, and again the the show with thirty episodes, fifteen are out now, is Perry Iso Blanco, and I'll put a link to that. So, Ron Chabasek, thanks so much for your time. Thank you very much, William. All right, take care. Stay there. Stay there. All right, that was perfect. 38.